I'm Jared. And I'm Tall. And welcome to A Cup of Tea. Everyone's intelligence has been shaped by distinct personal experiences. If you're curious to shed light on both humanity's collective and intimate truths, then take a seat with an open mind and a full cup as we examine reality through the blurry lens of our own individual perspectives. Have a sip while we talk about positive affirmations. This podcast, A Cup of Tea, is all based around perception, human perception, which is a very powerful thing in of itself. The one thing that I think that people need to always remember when it comes to perceptions is that we tend to think about the perception of things around us, right? External perceptions, external to us our surroundings, our environment, our situation. But what is immensely important to consider as part of your own experience through life is your internal perception. What do you think about yourself? This is something that is immensely important to the human psyche overall. And I think there's a very good reason why, because you think about concepts like self-worth and confidence. If your perception of yourself is negative or overwhelmingly negative, then that can obviously hinder your self-worth and hinder your confidence. So, steeps and travelers who have joined us today, I challenge all of you and will challenge all of you throughout this episode to take a moment and think about how you evaluate yourself, how you go through this journey called life and experience it, with the lens turned on yourself. How does it, and how does that make you feel? What are the what are the feelings that come back and how are some ways that you can reaffirm yourself? Look at the positives and affirm to yourself that I am enough and that I'm worth it. And I couldn't think of a better person to join my side throughout this episode in particular then the one and the only tall the journeyed thank you for coming back to this podcast i was worried for a moment that i lost you <laughs> it's been a while no. since we've recorded but it's good to have you back no i'm more than happy to be back um you didn't lose me it's more of uh, life's challenges and life's uh, <laughs> uncontrollables being uh, the challenges that they are i'm happy to be here and i'm happy to take a moment to uh talk about perception and the magic of it um with you over the next uh, hour or so, Jared. So, uh, how you doing, buddy? I am doing pretty well overall. You know, I, I and I feel you, Tall, because I feel like a lot of times we need to talk about the parts of life that are kind of like being out in the river rapids, right? And you're trying to stay afloat, you're trying to stay on your life raft, your boat, or whatever it is. And part of the human experience is making it through those difficult moments, getting over those high waves and those, those rising tides. And, you know, for the most part, I've been good. You know, like I said, been managing a lot with family, you know, commitments and things like that. But overall, you know, we're getting into the holiday season. This is a time that for me is it's it's a time that's equally satisfying as it is stressful of course because i love getting to see loved ones i love getting to revel in all like the new and exciting things that come into your life during the holidays and colder weather fun experiences 
great memories, but then also just the stress that comes with having to prepare for all these things and prepare your children, especially if you're someone like me that has kids. You know, I have two under five, so that can obviously add a, a wrinkle to things, but um, it's a beautiful wrinkle nonetheless. It's like an origami, if you will. So life's beautiful folds. No, I love that. Life's beautiful folds. It's an, it's definitely its own beautiful little uh, piece of art and how it unfolds, isn't it? I think that's a good way to describe it. And yes. I think that's a good way for us to uh, definitely think about how it can take out some on so many different streams and how many how many different faces those different folds and different um, chapters can take. Yes, absolutely. Yep. So I I think that's a great way to segue into today's topic tall i couldn't think of a better way to do it so positive affirmations positive affirmations when you think of a positive affirmation tall what is the first thing that comes to your mind is it something that's kind of like a, a self-compliment is it a action of self-love like what what is a positive affirmation to you and why is it significant in your life I think that my mind goes honestly to two places instantaneously. I think the first place it goes to is the concept of uh, the secret kind of thing and like understanding where where that is within society and like what what that means with me and like what is the actual purpose that I'm using these uh, self-worth moments and these self-actualizations and these self-affirmations for. And then I go and I kind of think of like, what is real to me? And like, what am I actually worth in those moments? And I'm not trying to necessarily manifest a multi-million dollar condo, but right. I still am worth something of human value. I'm worth that and everything like that. And I'm worth being happy. And I believe that. And I, I think that's kind of my go-to default one. And I kind of 100% stole it from Buddhism is that no one deserves, you know, life is suffering and no one deserves to suffer. And I think that's kind of my go-to self-affirmation, honestly. It's like, I don't deserve to suffer. I don't have to suffer. Um, things can hurt. Bad things can happen. But I don't have to suffer. I don't have to continue to perpetuate and exist in those moments. So when I kind of go through those right. overwhelmed cycles and I kind of go over that, that's kind of right there, Jared, right? That would be my baseline one. And when I, if you ask me, like, what is my self-affirmation? I think that's kind of my, that's my number one right there is my right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful one. What's your, thank you, I appreciate that. What do you think your first affirmation, like, go-to, like, off the, what's your six, you know, first minute off the bench? What's what's your go-to yeah. affirmation? My my go-to positive affirmation for myself tall is probably just reflecting on my accomplishments. I'm a very task-oriented individual, and I'm sure that that is reflected in just how I deliver, mm. you know, my podcasts and just what you've seen for me in, in our friendship over the years. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a task oriented person. I just love to see that I'm ticking those boxes, if you will. Like it does bring me a lot of joy, a lot of satisfaction. It makes me feel like I am accomplishing something. I am contributing. I'm doing things, especially if they're important things, right? Like things for the family or things like that. I think that another thing that I could mention is probably reflecting on my own goals for the future. I think that I'm someone that I like to look ahead. And when I plan things for the future, especially with my wife, this is something that's really applicable to our relationship. I get so giddy. I get so excited thinking about the future and the possibilities and what we could do for our kids and for each other and for ourselves. And just, I think looking at that road ahead is very exciting and presents a lot of wonderful opportunities, at least 
when you think about it from a conceptual standpoint. And it's even fun to kind of plot around obstacles and, and think about, okay, if we can get here and we're, we're here at this moment, like we're down here, but we want to get up here and we get to that point, it's so satisfying, my friend, to, to take a challenging moment or situation and get to the quote unquote promised land. So that's, those are probably my two go-tos. No, I think those are both nice because like one is taking like actual account of like tangible things that you've accomplished in like where you find your individual worth out of. But then at the same time, you're able to take that, like you said, sense of giddiness and, you know, I was about to question is like, do you think that like looking forward and future tripping is really a self-affirmation? But I really appreciated actually your framework on it, right, of it being um what are you looking forward to and giving yourself those kind of goalposts i'm still not sure if i necessarily would equate that how i would personally define you know my perception of a self-affirmation but i love that concept of it like if you being able to be like no these are the things that i'm like i'm setting out to accomplish or to experience and like that i have within my ability to ascertain or whatever it might be or and then being able to use that as an intrinsic motivation i think still is 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 a a nice thing right there right absolutely and i think you really said something that resonated with me intrinsic motivation steeps and travelers i think that's a big component a ginormous component of a positive affirmation because intrinsic we all know extrinsic motivation right like we know that that's like money rewards prizes like any sort of compliments any sort of external stimuli that is giving you a boost giving you a motivation to get through a challenging time or a difficult task or something of that sort. But intrinsic motivation is significantly harder because intrinsic motivation is how do you keep yourself going when nothing else is getting you going? Or, or, or even if other things, other sources are giving you that external motivation, that intrinsic motivation can always offer an additional boost. And you know, intrinsic motivation isn't always necessarily just having self-worth and confidence. It's also in that moment thinking about how do I propel myself forward? What are the positive affirmations that I can give to myself to push through this? So I'm glad that you really equated the two together because I do think that there's certainly a linkage there. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking exactly like that, right? It's like, I think that's what makes a like a meaningful self affirmation, like whatever that is. Like, where does it like actually come from? Like, it's not. I don't think it's like you were talking about in kind of your uh, preamble. Um, I don't think it is a self affirmation or a meaningful one if it doesn't come from an actual tenable place. Um, and that's why I don't think like no. affirmations are necessarily universal or applicable to every situation or situ or folk. They are kind of an individual thing, and like whatever he's affirming to that individual in that moment is kind of is what works, right? And the answer yeah. is, as always, is my favorite answer is it depends. So I think that you really, exactly. you know, kind of nailed it in like what do you look for then in trying to figure out like what is an actual meaningful affirmation and not one of words like I'm going to chant three times and every day and I'm going to actualize a new <laughs> job promotion or something like that. But like what is one like the one that you can right. go to when you're in, you know, those places where you're like, fuck, like, how am I going to get through this day? Like, you know, I'm, I'm facing a lot yeah. of really overwhelming tasks at work. I'm facing a lot of like I have to keep showing up for things in my personal life and I have to keep like mm-hmm. turning on for all these people and conditions because like no one else is going to fucking feed me. Right. And, you know, so, like, when you're yeah. in those moments, right, what do you do? No, find something that, like, it's exactly like that. When no one else is there to tell you those things and you have to figure out, like, and you're breaking down on your own. Be like, 
no, it's okay. I, I was able to put clothes on today. I was able to make my bed. I was able to take care of the kids, right? For me, get them in bed and get them out of the house. I was able mm-hmm. to do, you know, I was able to not run over pedestrians when I was really getting road rage out on the way to work, <laughs> right? You know, or something like that, right? Whatever it might be, you know, that's, you know, yeah. for, in, in the case of your um, affirmation or something like that, right? I think, I think yeah. that's, that's, that's the the butter of the bread, as they like to say, right? Oh, that juicy butter on the bread. Exactly. That's where you're seeping gonna, in. That, that's where you're going to get the stuff where you're going to actually get tangible, meaningful results and a tangible, meaningful, I think, psychological impacts too. Like I said, we're not some new age secret going to manifest a whole new reality, but being like, how do you survive those hard moments when you have to like be your own friend, right? <laughs> you know, and you have to be kind to yourself. Uh, you know right. that's that's what it's about and that's and that is magic i think for you for someone to be able to be experiencing the hardship of life where it goes all the yelling and those first thoughts and the intrusive thoughts of the overwhelming of like how am i uh, going to be able to deal with this or I'm, I'm i'm never going to be able to deal with this or it's so scary and i just don't i don't know where to start i just don't know where to start or however loud it gets for someone to be able to respond to themselves and be able to be like fuck that's a lot that's loud that's scary and i don't know how i'm going to deal with this but i can take a moment I can take a breath. I'm worth not suffering. I've survived everything I can to get here to this moment. I'm going to take a moment to take a step forward. I can deal with what I can right now. And through it, I will take it one more step forward at a time to figure out how to not suffer in all of this and keep moving forward, right? That's fucking magic for, you know, when you can go through those mm-hmm. moments and you can actually have that, like, in- individual personal growth in you. That's insane, right? You know, when you can have those breakdowns because we all go through those things and like that. And they're, you know, I think some people are a little bit more fortunate than others in terms of support network and people being able to actually reach out with trauma-inclusive language and stuff like that. But, like... Ultimately, mm-hmm. like that's that's fucking strength, dude. That's resiliency. If you're able to cultivate that kind of level of self um, actualization um, uh, uh, through, especially through affirmations and using affirmations in that kind of sense, right? To be able to kind of be your own kind of coach, right? That's fucking. That, that means that shows you're working on yourself, and that's. I think you're in a good place if that's kind of the challenges you're dealing with. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, my friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's I don't know if it's exactly back. like Maslow, uh, you know, predicted it, but there, there is something to those. I, I concept of you got to take care of the needs first. No, Tall, you made some wonderful points throughout that ramble. So thank you so much for that. Eh, that's why you bring me on. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, yeah, that I, I think we're here telling you, Steeps and Travelers, that there is no scripture for this. There is no prescription there is no manual for what is a positive affirmation or or self-affirmation there are possibilities there are options we're sharing our own individual perceptions on it but ultimately at the end of the day it's really down to you and yourself and, and what kind of gets you out of bed in the morning what gets you rolling and how you continue to push yourself against adversity because I think that's another key component of this is dealing with adversity and dealing with ambiguity in those challenging moments. Now we've taken some time tall to go on our own individual rambles and talk about this from our own perspective, from our own perspective. But I did want to layer in some science here and there's a wonderful article, which actually, This study has been cited by a number of different 
articles on the topic of positive affirmations and self-affirmations, so much so that I feel like it really is a good source for us to dive into today. And this is a study from the National Library of Medicine. It is titled, Self-Affirmation Activates Brain Systems Associated with Self-Related Processing and Reward and is Reinforced by Future Orientation. This was written by Christopher Cassio et al. And this was released back in 2016. So not, you know, not too old. We're talking like seven years and it's, it's not archaic yet. <laughs> so by at least by any means. So, but before we get into this talk, I just wanted to reiterate again, I plan on diving into this study here, kind of talking through some of the points and I'll kind of ask you to weigh in as we go through this and, and kind of get your thoughts on how you're digesting this. Let's do it. Sounds good. All right, let's do this. So reading from the abstract here, the hypothesis of this study is that self-affirmation theory posits that people are motivated to maintain a positive self-view and that threats to perceived self-competence are met with resistance. When threatened, self-affirmations can restore self-confidence or self-competence by allowing individuals to reflect on sources of self-worth such as core values. Many questions exist, however, about the underlying mechanisms associated with self-affirmation. So how do you kind of digest that initial hypothesis that the study is looking to tackle? It, it seems like it, it kind of has some points that hit what we were discussing before we even got into this. No, I think that I think it really honestly the biggest thing it really is it, it, it jumps out to me right is it kind of goes along along that's it's not the right way of saying it but like kind of main character syndrome right of uh mm-hmm. of understanding like no like truly like what is it from your own individual narrative like how do you view yourself and like how does that like impact your perceived threats and like your of your identity so um it's literally interesting for me it's like again like what are people are literally what is your individual intrinsic motivation to ascertain this positive self view of yourself and what are your threats to it and then, like i don't think it's necessarily like it, why it's not main character syndrome because like that's the extreme of it when it's done in like a negative way and you use it to justify your own things right. it can also be a very healthy thing of like understanding like no this is a pot i'm just a human person and like you know a, a perceived threat to my self-competence is like my you know would be like yeah. You know, I, 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 you know, like death or something like that, right? You know, essentially, like that would be a pretty good perceived yeah. uh, threat to my um, competence, you know, and everything like that. So, but you know, again, that's another extreme example. So, I think it's really interesting just going off the hypothesis of like, hey, what is this? Just basically asking, like, what threatens people's identity? Yeah, and I think what the hypothesis is stating here in the abstract, it's also essentially people using self-affirmations and and those of the positive variety as a means to protect themselves from those threats Mm -hmm. as a guard, a shield, if you will, and relying on your core integral values and your self-worth is very important to that. It's, It's essential. No, I mean, like, what is there, like, I think it's, uh, the wording I really liked of it, where it's like, was individuals to reflect on sources of self-worth, such as core values, like, literally, like, what are your core values, and, like, how you determine your worth, like, mm-hmm. it's just, like, that actual reflection. Yeah. You know? What do you believe in as a human being? What 
what really like I I'm someone that relies heavily on my core values. They're just my cornerstones, that my guiding principles throughout life. I think honestly discussing core values at some point tall in of itself would make a really good topic for us someday. But I mean, it's just it's so important and especially if you are someone that has strong a strong foundation of core values. I could see that really propelling you to leverage self-affirmations in a positive way because you're confident in your core values. You believe in them. They're foundational to your existence and you can really lean heavy on those. But at the same time, Tal, I think we can equally recognize that sometimes people's core values can be challenged. And especially if it's a, a worldview change or something catastrophic happens, whether it's like a geopolitical disaster or an individual trauma like death, like you'd mentioned, sometimes that can shape people and create forms of trauma that can fracture those core values. And then that's when well, we have to really challenge ourselves to find new ways to self-affirm. Sometimes you should. And we'll, let's be honest here, right? With any rigorous self-reflection, uh, you should be a willing and you, I guess the word I want to say is willing, at least, uh, to change your core values. Mm-hmm. Because um, I don't know a single Certainly. person who is enlightened, right? And I think that you know some of my core values might still be based in some kind of ignorance of, of um, an exploitation of other people or something like that, or myself, right? Uh, you, right. No, we're not. No one's. No one's made it there yet, right? We're still on this journey of self-affirmation, right? You know, in some ways. Uh, we're just on the skin of an apple, my friend. Exactly. And so, you know, it's, it's, it, unless something has gone really wrong and you're not the own, your own main character, right? I hope you are your own main character of your own narrative. Um, unless it's transcribed into your community or your family or something bigger than yourself, potentially. Right. Um, you're still your own main character and it's in, in, you know, like I said, we, we, we talk about it in some negative lights in society and everything like that and is, you know, main character syndrome and everything like that as we like to see uh, viral TikTok videos blow up of people and stuff like that. But like at the same time, like you are your own main character, like you are a person in your own agency, live your own story. And like, and I don't know who you are, Traveler, or if I do know who you are, even better. But like you were still on your own independent agent listening to this and you are perfect. And that, so like understanding and taking the time to like understand what your core values are, like not only is it a sense of self-worth, but it's like it's a sense of trans- potentially transformational growth. Because like when you start reflecting yeah. on those core values of like not hurting people and not causing harm, or like we are taught the golden rule and stuff like that. And then you start reflecting on like, oh, what does that actually mean? And like how I engage in the world and how I interact with things. Well, you might have to go through some political ideation changes. You might go through some, you know, different changes and stuff like mm-hmm. you might grow a little bit, right? <laughs> you, you have to be willing to change those core yeah. values it- in those moments. So... Yeah. I mean, if you could see me right now, I know we're not doing camera today, but if you could see me, I'm raising my hand out here in Arizona (laughs) because I've went through my own transformation, right? I I mean... We both have, Jared. I think I've uh, shouted this out, though. Like, you truly have, even from just a political ideology standpoint, the quote-unquote radicalization of empathy that you have shown and the growth you have done shouldn't be understated. And like you just continue to try and change and become a better person. Choosing to grow is a choice, and it's not something that I think everyone is always willing to make, depending on their causes and conditions. And I think that the, you have continuously always trying, and that's one thing I do appreciate about you. Well, thank you, Tal. I 
appreciate that the same with you because you set a really good example of someone that always shows up and is always doing what they can to try and make that positive impact on someone else's life i think that that's such a just such an important thing for a human being to do to just be willing to give seemingly endless compassion i know that we don't have infinite energy so that's impossible but just the way that you continually show that compassion that empathy i think that it just it makes a really good friend a really strong human being in a, a just an outstanding example so thank you well someone who you know does their best and struggles to even just show up so i really do appreciate those kind words and as uh you took uh, months to be able to let me record with you again let me say thank you for your patience and allowing me to just always show up <laughs> as i can so i can actually be here for you and in the way i can be it takes two to tango my you know and you're in traveler yeah. wherever you're at steeple you know uh it's the same thing, right? Just keep showing up wherever you're at. And, and let me tell you that affirmation right there. If you can keep showing up, you can change the causes and conditions. Yes. And if you find yourself at a crossroads, don't be scared. I think that, you know, we've talked a lot about main character syndrome, but don't, you know, just don't fall into the trap where you feel that your core values are impenetrable. I feel like that. Just be a good know, main character. It's good to have that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good to have. Uh, it's good to have confidence in those traits and those values that you have. But if you start to see the world differently and it's in violation with your core values, rather than going the path of cognitive dissonance, I challenge you to reconsider your views and to think about how do I resolve this internal conflict to get to that point where I'm feeling even stronger? Because I, I can tell you from experience, Steeps and Travelers, that when you go through that journey, you come out feeling like a better person. I think that to be a good human being, mm. I'm gonna make a hot take here, to be a, a truly good human being, you have to be willing to challenge yourself. You have to be willing to always grow in one way or another, because we're never gonna be perfect. We're always gonna make mistakes. There's always at least one small thing every day of our life that we will regret. And that's fine because we're human. But if we're choosing to just not be present and not grow, then we're not, giving our best to each other and to ourselves well and jared like let's just be you know like honest like if you're your own main character make your story interesting a static story sucks you know like a, a good story has character growth it changes you know you like there's evolution it, it becomes there's new characters get in characters go there's tragedy there's heartbreak there's love there's amazing feats right you know let it be an interesting story let it be a story of growth let it be a story of romance let it be a story of love whatever that you know what i mean you know you, you you can that is one thing that you can always at least again again i will firmly always this is my hot take jared right back at you the biggest magic in this world will always be the perception you control. You can control your own perception Boom. and your own reaction, right? And at least make your story interesting. Let it be let it be a growth story. Let it be a story of journey. Let it be a story of fun. Like fuck it, because this world fucking is hard and surviving sucks. So let the let yeah. the let the let the journey be fun. Let it be a story of triumph from the trauma. Well, I think that, you know, not to, you know, bash too far on any one political side, but I think that's why some of the like right-wing stories like in like media just like kind of like sucks in general because like the stories aren't relatable <laughs> and like this, the characters don't go through like emotional right. like empathetic growth and you're like, "Oh, that's not relatable. I'm just watching a sociopath." <laughs> that's so true. Actually, I was having a chat with my wife recently about conservative memes and 
we were just talking about, like, you know, regardless of your political ideology or where you stand, like, just gotta be honest, like, a lot of the right-wing memes I've seen just fall flat. Like, they, and it's not because I don't get them, it's just they're not funny. <laughs> and, and some left-wing memes aren't great either, but I think that more right-wing memes tend to fall flat, just personally. Fascist rap sucks. Like, it's just not good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I mean, yeah, with, with, with fascism in, in, in the fold, yeah, you're not going to get there. I'm sorry. Maybe do some self-reflection, if you will, get to a better place. So, yeah. No, it's just, it's. I can agree with yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, I think that it's, it's just a lot of fun. Let it be, let, let it, let it, let yourself have fun with it and. If you're not, if you're, if you're building yourself off of a premise based off of suffering and like restraint and uh, restriction of like basic needs and necessities and being okay and happy in life, well, I don't think you're going to be producing that creative media then either. And just like with the uh, right wing memes, it's like the punchline actually has to feel like a punch. <laughs> Oof. Oof. So. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> But anyways, getting back into the study tall, uh, I'm glad we, we had a really positive conversation there around the hypothesis, but now I'm going to get really into the nitty gritty here. So the study was actually, it, it was a very interesting approach. So what they wanted to do again was studying the underlying mechanisms associated with self-affirmation. This is something that wasn't really clear going into the study. So what they did was essentially study the neural activity of the participants in the study. And these participants would be performing certain self-affirmation tasks so that they can essentially study the functional magnetic resonance imaging, fMRI, and use that data to essentially determine what impact those self-affirmations had on their brain. And a quote from the study right here is we tested the extent to which exposure to self-affirmation produced increases in brain systems associated with positive evaluation vs plus vmpfc self-related processing mpfc plus pcc and emotion regulation racc plus rvlpfc in addition, we examined whether the neural effects of affirmation are moderated by temporal orientation. This is an interesting one, past versus future. And I know I just threw a bunch of acronyms your way. I, I really apologize. It is the medical field after all and psychology, but we will get into defining those in just a moment here. The sample of the study was 67 total participants, 33 of those were self-affirmed, 28 were unaffirmed. So you could think of the unaffirmed as your control group. The experimental group was the self-affirmed. They were all adults between ages 18 to 64, 41 identified as female, and the mean age was 33.42 years. So looking at the study design, if we go down to figure one in the study, essentially what they did was they had a baseline appointment, which is when they had their initial personal value rankings. It, it looked like they had a list that they had to rank of eight values from least to most valued. And they were instructed to order the values according to how important they were to themselves. So they did this at the initial baseline appointment. There was an accelerometer calibration of active and sedentary behavior. So again, recording that 
brain activity when they're active versus when they're not active, aka sedentary. There's one week time passage. They have that fMRI appointment to study the brain activity. There is an fMRI affirmation task, intervention, fMRI health messages task. Then after another four weeks post-intervention, accelerometer data is collected. And then they have their final appointment when that accelerometer data is collected once again. If we look at table one, it does show the final value rankings here. So the different values that were studied were money, creativity, independence, politics, friends, family, religion, humor, and spontaneity. It's all good stuff. And I'm not going to dive too much into the design of the study any more than that. I think, again, just outside of the sample, what their goal was, how they're going to leverage fMRI to study brain activity and also be collecting responses to basically how these values were ranked all goes into the results of the study, which quoting from the study, we examined the neural mechanisms of self-affirmation with a task developed for use in a functional magnetic resonance imaging environment. The results of a region of interest, otherwise known as ROI, analysis demonstrated that participants who were affirmed compared with unaffirmed participants showed increased activity in key regions of the brain's self-processing. So MPFC stands for medial prefrontal cortex plus posterior cingulate cortex, otherwise known as PCC, and valuation, ventral stratum VS plus ventral medial prefrontal cortex, VLPFC, systems when reflecting on future-oriented core values compared with everyday activities. So essentially, when they looked tall at the experimental population relative to the core population within the study, they did notice that these self-affirmations actually showed increased brain activity in these areas. It showed an increased activity in the key areas of interest, such as self-processing and valuation. And there also seemed to be an impact also when this was within the future-oriented dimension. So it doesn't matter if you're reflecting on past experiences or future goals, for instance. Like, it, it seems that even though it may not have happened yet. Kind of what I was talking about in my preamble, even though it may be just an idea or a, a thought experiment, sometimes having those future-oriented perceptions can also have an impact on our neural activity in terms of self-affirmation and, and really, you know, having those positive thoughts of self-valuation and self-processing just kind of like what we expect with with a, a past orientation. Past orientation, I think, makes a lot of sense because, again, you're reflecting on the past things that I've done. I can for certain be confident in how I've handled situations in the past. I can use that and reflect on that as a positive affirmation, as a self-affirmation to build my own self-worth and value. But a future orientation is interesting. Again, it could be a goal that you want to achieve. It could be just thinking about the future abstractly. A lot of times it, it involves thinking of an obstacle that's in your way, thinking of a threat and thinking of how you're going to respond to that threat. 
and thinking through those type of scenarios can activate the same areas of the brain, which I think is very interesting. What are your thoughts on that, Tall? I wish that I understood what it means with an affirmed mean being 0.102 over a controlled mean of 0.012, but I can understand that looking on under these tables that there is a significant statistical difference in the continued activity and all these different things. And I think that realistically, you know, again, I, and I, apologies for me keep prefacing, prefacing this with anti, like, the secret kind of self-affirmation mantra, but I think that the a lot of the New Age and spiritual uh, kind of witch talk um, movement is really obscured and really kind of done damage into, like, what, the, what an actual self-affirmation is and, like, what it can actually do and, like, what is the insanity of, like, what it's actually doing to you. Because what you just described is, like, literally rewiring your brain is what you're talking about. Now, like, you're literally tricking your brain yeah, into essentially. Uh, creating new neural pathways, not to, like I said, not a new neural pathway that's going to unlock a million dollars, right, or uh, a new Ferrari <laughs> or anything like that, but a neural pathway of, like, no, of no. how you act and, like, meaningfully act on a daily basis, right? If you keep telling yourself these things and projecting yourself these things, your brainway is forming potential pathways of, like, to increase, like, we were talking about the different neuroplasticity right there, right? You know, that's fucking insane, right? You know, you're talking about, like, that there's literal, like, they're showing indications of, like, like that having this, like, thought pattern of positive affirmations, right, of even futures thinkings, um, is how you can literally grow yourself, like intentionally grow yourself is essentially what they're telling is saying right there is how I took it, right? It's like, this is a way where you can intentionally, you know, grow your mindset and quite literally potentially your brain chemistry. Yeah. And I, I think again, what's really interesting to me is that comparison, that contrast between the experimental and the control, because that demonstrates firsthand that people who were affirmed People who self-affirmed did see that neural activity. They did see that stimulation, that growth, that neuroplasticity, whereas the people that were in the unaffirmed group, they didn't have that same change. They, they were unchanged relative to that. So I think that that in of itself, I, I mean, the brain doesn't lie. I mean, I know we say ball don't lie, but brain don't lie. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like we, we're literally you know, firing on all cylinders at all times to sustain our own existence, if you know what I mean. And we can literally study these brain patterns and they're called patterns for a reason because it's groups of, you know, neurons firing at once that tell us how our brain is responding to a given stimuli. And it's crazy how we've gotten so good at interpreting this that we know a lot of what a lot of these patterns represent. And obviously we're still learning and, you know, studying neurological activity is fascinating in itself. But again, I'm not going to get into all the vernacular and everything, but it's just, wow, it's, it's incredible to see that there are tangible results with these neural patterns that can be literally studied like this through fMRI. I, th I think it's incredible. And Steeps Travelers, if this doesn't convince you of the potential and the value behind self-affirmation and positive affirmations to yourself, then I don't know what will. And again, I think it's talking, not talking about like, what, what are you trying to do with the self-affirmation, right? You're in, ultimately you're trying to control your growth, right? You're trying to tell yourself how to survive yes. and how you, cause it's going back to that survival mechanism, right? And it's figuring out that path. And that's why I think it makes a lot of sense to me 
like when it's talking about like increasing potentially neuroplasticity and like and actually creating but uh, neurological pathways um in the brain right i'm not talking about neurological regeneration necessarily but just those pathways that you of like you know of that the circuits travel in the brain um mm-hmm. you know that's like there's that's i think we're like we're you know a lot of um talk therapy is at right now and everything like that and like when in like group therapy settings especially right um by is by how is that repetition of like telling a story and i can talk about that with my experience in aa and the normalization effective and everything like that and being able to overcome like the, you right. know and all that and it's so interesting to me and how it's used in different um, models of mental health recovery and everything like that so to like it's one of those things that like it's really funny for me and like i have all this like latent colloquial and like direct experience of like of course yeah i understand people tell like you know getting sober at 19 off of meth taught me real quick about telling you know the value (laughs) of like those simple truths of like you know keep it simple stupid or you know get you know and all that all those little isms that you know came with it and how those became battle cries in my own mind too when i was struggling with it you know at different times and still i am you know 10 plus years later right it's wild it's just and i think to actually be able to see like oh no here's like them actually like trying to map out and like take like create like a statistical mean um of like what is the mental activity of like uh over this time period it's it's cool to see right you know um and again it's not like trying to go with any woohoo like we're going to all of a sudden cure depression or like you're going to be some miracle magic man or folk or woman but, like, no, this is how, like, you can actually have a tangible, like, this is, like, if you keep telling yourself, like, hey, like, you're okay, and, like, you deserve not to suffer, maybe your brain keeps listening to that over time, and maybe your brain eventually stops telling itself that mm-hmm. it needs to suffer, and maybe it starts, like, acting with a little bit more compassion, and, like, then all of a sudden you are kind of that person that acts with compassion in a lot of meaningful ways, and you keep moving, it's like, you know, Ouroboros in a positive way, right, and ideally, right, but uh, it's it's fun to think about, and it's cool to see. It's absolutely the best place to start at all. And what I also liked from the study was that it offered the potential pathways to self-affirmation, which I thought was interesting as well. Self-affirmations remind individuals of psychosocial resources that extend beyond a specific threat, which allows them to focus on sources of positive self-worth that transcends the threat. In addition, self-affirmation may allow for more efficient use of psychological resources needed to deal with the incoming threat. It essentially, I guess, distract isn't the right word, but it almost mitigates the threat. A self-affirmation can mitigate a threat because it does remind you of all the tools at your disposal within your own mind to handle this threat, whether it's a a plan, a strategy, a coping mechanism, something to kind of get through this immediate threat. And then while you're dealing with the threat, these self-affirmations also activate in the brain in ways that allow you to more efficiently operate. I mean, we're all kind of like machines in our own way, although, you know, albeit of the biological variety, but still, we're able to more easily deal with threats when we self-affirm. And because of that, we're able to operate at, you know, more optimal efficiency with our brains obviously less distractions, less worry, less fear. And I think that could also potentially have a a positive feedback loop effect as well, because now you're also completing things probably in a more optimal fashion. And because you're more efficient and you're, this is all yielding positive results that could probably, 
you know, continue to feed into this need of self-affirming because you realize that it does have that positive impact. Like if I self-affirm, I deal with these threats, I handle them, I tackle them efficiently and effectively, it gives me the confidence to keep that pattern going. So I do like the pathways to self-affirmation. I can definitely agree with the argument behind why it works. And when it comes to affirmation and temporal orientation, again, I think that's incredibly fascinating that past experiences and future goals or expectations, even threats, are equally relevant. Like threats, it doesn't matter when they're occurring on the temporal spectrum, they all kind of yield the same you know, response in the brain. And as long as you're able to compartmentalize these thoughts and self-affirm and deal with them in actual ways, that's what has the most lasting impact. And and this is another piece I'm going to quote from the study here. Furthermore, this neural activity went on to predict changes in sedentary behavior consistent with successful affirmation in response to a separate physical activity intervention. So that is also quite an interesting point as well. When it says physical intervention, does that mean like someone else coming involved in it or like an, like an external thing or like what exactly by that? So, yeah. So essentially the interventions themselves tall were taking that pause in that moment to self-affirm. And in those moments, obviously the neural activity changes could be predicted even in, in sedentary behavior you know, given that, okay, someone's really not doing anything, but they take a moment of pause to have that self-affirmation. There's no immediate threat, but still we're, we're, we're also seeing neural activity in that sedentary behavior in addition to an active behavior. I think it just like leads such a credence to like any conversation and like any argument of like for like towards the like, sustainability of like if you just accidentally do it, you still accidentally make the world a better place. It's like even with yourself, like if you accidentally tell yourself like you're a good person and like you keep telling yourself you're a good person and like try to act that you're a good person, like then eventually you become an actually a good, good person. I think it's like what's really interesting to me is like it's so important that like they can actually see like an objectionable impact of like taking a moment to stop and like actually tell yourself you're okay like that like to actually like see like data behind like the colloquial experience of like taking a deep breath and like centering yourself like what is what does it mean to actually ground yourself like well here's what it means like to actually take a moment and like be okay like this is it's it's nice to see that yeah i agree i co-sign that 100 percent. so i mean overall tall i mean i think i'll leave you off here as we wrap up the study with one more quote from the study These results highlight neural processes associated with successful self-affirmation and further suggest that key pathways may be amplified in conjunction with prospection. So in summary, in conclusion here, I do really like this study. It gives a lot of meaningful ways to examine self-affirmation and positive self-affirmations. It gives you the tools to self-affirm it it tells you some of the ways that it can contribute positively to one's psyches the pathways to self-affirmation how it can help you with handling those psychological threats it gives you a perspective on the temporal orientation and how both past and future threats can be examined through this lens much the same the change 
on one psyche is the same. And then furthermore, even if someone is completely sedentary or completely active, having that moment of pause to tell yourself that you're okay, like you said, Tall, is okay. It's it's more than okay. It's it's needed. It's necessary. And I think as we begin to wrap up this episode here, that's really honestly the message that I want to close out this episode with is that positive affirmations matter because empathy matters. And we all know that we need more love in this world. There's a lot of war. There's a lot of distrust. There's a lot of pointing fingers at one another and taking strong stances against one another. Again, it's one thing to have ideological differences and different core values. I think that, again, that's integral to the human experience and not everyone's going to see eye to eye and everything. But there's so many lines drawn in the sand to all. And we've talked about on this podcast before, empathy, empathy, empathy matters. We've talked about it on The Descent. But I challenge steeps and travelers alike to examine themselves, to ask themselves the tough questions in terms of self-affirming. You know, how can I do this better? How can I continue to self-affirm or start self-affirming if I'm not already? Because to truly have boundless empathy for others, to have that care and compassion and that love, you first have to love yourself. You have to practice self-love. You have to have that empathy for yourself. And it's not necessarily a pity. It's just having that moment where you are saying, everything's going to be okay. I'm not going to feel bad about myself. I'm not going to put myself down. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to view my challenges in a constructive way, in a meaningful way. And I'm going to examine these threats in a manner which I can action on them. And I can make a plan, I can make a strategy, and I can get over this. And I can ultimately build my own confidence and self-worth because I affirmed in myself that I was going to be okay and that I was going to make it work. <sighs> Any last awesome. thoughts, Tall? No, man, I think that, like, you're so onto it and, like, not in the, in the most hippie New Age bullshit, man. I think you just passed the vibe check. Um... <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, dude. Um, no, I think that, like, it's so important, like, as we get to, like, we talk about empathy, we talk about agency, like, those are, like, the, the fundamental is we talk about, like, our, going back to core values, you know, as we talked about earlier, right? Um, those are fundamentals of, like, both of our programs and both of, like, our experiences of, like, what we try to, like, do and preach and, like, act in our daily life, right? We, both of you and me, I can vouch, this is all, in this, in this format, all I'm willing to vouch for is, like, I know that we both try every day, like, to, like, show up and, like, do the, the quote-unquote, the next right thing. And I think that people get so lost up in always trying to survive and be the good guy you know that it's hard sometimes to realize that the empathetic solution sometimes and the one that ultimately attributes to self-affirmations and everything like that is maybe understanding like hey maybe this isn't okay and maybe like what i'm doing here is not okay and maybe i need to actually go through and like go through some kind of change or maybe it's understanding that like 
the uncontrollable elements of life are exactly that and they're uncontrollable and like all you can do is choose to respond to how you can with compassion and kindness right whatever that if only i could tell you how long it took me to figure that out it's still trying to learn that one all the way buddy still trying to really truly understand it but you know all those little things right if you can in those moments like take that time and like Take that breath. Take that pause. Let your body start forming those neural, new neuro, neurological pathways. Let your body give yourself the opportunity to form quite literally new neuroplasticity, right? In giving your your mind literally the yep. flexibility to think of a new option potentially, right? Not having some crazy like mm-hmm. genie level magic where you can do something crazy and all of a sudden become <laughs> on solo. But something even more magical yeah. in its own right, and you can truly decide to truly how to grow and change your own consciousness and give yourself that ability to have an option, to respond differently. Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, while this is, again, like you said, just one research, there's a lot more research out there, and there's, you know, uh, a lot, lot more other research to continue to go on, and this is not one solution. All this is literally mm-hmm. just as a self-affirmation. This is a much larger part of a much bigger puzzle. But this does show, like, how important it is to surround yourself with people who are saying those genuine things and core honest things, right? Those core motivations and the core values and our act, in our cases, quite literally empathy and agency, right? And making sure you're telling yourself that because it does matter. And (laughs) that's what the research shows, right? And that's what we're going to go off of today. So, uh at a bare minimum exactly you deserve not suffering and if you're telling yourself you deserve not to suffer helps you not suffer then fucking do it (laughs) i mean amen to that i mean like you said like there's plenty more research opportunities out there tall and seeps and travelers i i'm sure that we can definitely do better than a sample size of 67 but even that sample size is significant just given the fact that we are studying something as concrete as the brain like Yes, I know that thoughts are abstract, but neurological activity is something that's very well understood, at least in, in terms of these specific pathways. We understand what the form, those activations look it's, like. And it's how the physical connects to that spiritual or mental or cognitive right. that we don't understand. We don't understand how the hardware connects to the software. It's the... That's the hardware. We have a pretty good, decent understanding. It's just that connection point. We're like, what the fuck? But we can understand that controlling that hardware, we can grow (laughs) that hardware that controls the software. That's basically what this research is indicating at, right? Is this like controlling the software, the hardware, you can help the software. Yes. If I have a positive self-affirmation and these are the neurological pathways I'm experiencing and those are consistent with areas such as self-processing evaluation, then you know that it's working. Right. But, you know, to go on top of your point there, Tall, it's just because we understand brain activity doesn't mean that we can connect it to the spirit or something more deeper than that that can manifest itself in, in one's soul. Like, you know, we don't really have an understanding of that. But I think because this is such a concrete physical concept, studying the brain, it does give me a lot of confidence that this is a step in the right direction. It may not be the end all be all. Again, I understand there could be more research done here, but it does give a pretty concrete answer to the question that is posed. Why should I self-affirm? Why should I have positive self-reflections? Why should I care about myself? Why should I love myself? This is why, even if you've done bad things before, 
what matters is in this very moment, this very narrow slice of time, like you said, Tall, to echo your statement, how do you do the next best thing and get to the next day? I think that's what really all of us are looking to do here and, and make that impact. And we can't spread empathy without having empathy for ourselves. I will be resting on that hill. <laughs> What a beautiful, beautiful, warm way to end right there, Jared. I couldn't agree more. I really do think that you you so hit the nail on the head, right, in saying it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what you've done. It's where you're at in this moment, right, and doing that next kind thing. Uh, you can be someone who has committed atrocities, and you can always stop, <laughs> and you can act with compassion in the next moment. Yeah. You're someone who can live their entire life in uh, in a saintly Buddha-like way, and still act within in, in that next quiet moment. Still continue to act with that compassion. And if any negative thoughts, you know, that's why I'm a big proponent of, you know, quite literally in uh, both the self-affirmation and both quite literally physical way and every way. Give yourself love. Um, you know, give yourself that touch. Give yourself that voice. Give yourself whatever that is that you need to be okay because you are human. You need to be okay. And if, like, this world's a shitty place and, it's, and sometimes people don't get touched enough and sometimes people don't get talked to enough. And if that's the situation you are, please make sure if you are struggling like that, that you are giving yourself that kind voice because oof, surviving is hard, but living is worth it. Mm-hmm. Living is worth it. And no matter how high you've climbed or how low you've sunk, please take a moment to pause, reflect, think about self-affirmations, positive self-affirmations. Think about the good things that you've done. Think about the good things that you could go on to do. Think about all the ways that you could possibly circumvent your next immediate threat to do the next right thing and to do good. Because I think that, you know, doing bad things can be easier than doing good things, but doing good things is a lot more rewarding. And the challenge is definitely worth the reward. So, Remember that, seeps and travelers, and remember that you're always loved, you're worth it, you're not alone, and Tall, any last words? As always, you are enough. Thank you. Thanks for listening about Positive Affirmations. Check out the show notes of this episode for the resources we referenced on this topic. If this podcast is your cup of tea, then please leave a review and subscribe for the latest freshly brewed content. As always, let your thirst for curiosity leave you feeling enlightened.